Hello there, and welcome to 30 Days of Grimm. Speaking of Grimm, we might want to introduce who the Grimm brothers are. Born in the late 1700s, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm were born in Germany and later in life decided to collect many of the oral histories and folklore stories that they had heard about in their area. What this ended up growing from was 86 stories to over 200 stories after several editions. Now, we call them fairy tales now, but the early editions of Grimm Fairy Tales were actually targeted at adults because they were violent and they had other dark content. Over time, they have been modified to resemble the tales that we know today. So without further ado, episode two is King Thrushbeard. A king had a daughter who was exceedingly beautiful, but so proud and haughty that none of her suitors was good enough for her. She rejected one after the other and even made sport of them. One day, the king held a great feast and invited all men who wanted to marry her from far and near to attend. They were marshaled in a row according to their rank and dignity. First came the kings, then grand dukes, the princes, the earls, and barons, and last, the lesser nobility. The king's daughter was conducted through the ranks, but with each one of them, she had some fault to find. One was too fat for her, the other too tall, the third she found too short, the fourth too pale, the fifth too red, the sixth was not straight enough. Thus she made sport of every one of them, but she made particular fun of a gallant king who was standing right at the head of the queue and whose chin had grown a bit crooked. Ah, oh, she cried laughing, he has a chin like a thrush's beak. And from that time, he was nicknamed King Thrushbeard. However, the old king, seeing that his daughter did nothing but mock the men and despised all the suitors who had gathered to woo her, was very angry and swore she should marry the very first beggar who happened to come to his door. A few days later, a wandering minstrel came and sang under the window to earn some small alms. When the king heard him, he said, let him come up to me. Then the wandering musician in his dirty, ragged clothes came in and sang before the king and his daughter, and having finished, begged for a trifle of a gift. The king said, Your song has pleased me so much that I will give you my daughter there in marriage. The king's daughter was horrified, but the king said, I swore an oath to give you to the first beggar who chanced to come within my gates, and I will keep my oath. All of her entreaties were of no avail. The priest was fetched, and she had no choice but to be wedded to the fiddler there and then. When that was done, the king said, Now, it is not befitting that as a beggar's wife you should remain in my palace. You may just as well go away from here with your husband. The beggarman took her by the hand and led her out of the palace, and she had to follow him on foot. When they came to a big forest, she asked, Oh, who owns this lovely wealth? It belongs to King Thrushbeard. Had you taken him, it would be yours. Oh, woe me, poor maiden, that's my mead, had I but taken King Thrushbeard. Next, they were crossing a meadow, and she asked again, Who owns this lovely green mead? It belongs to King Thrushbeard. Had you taken him, it would be yours. 
Oh, woe me, poor maiden. That's my mead, had I but taken King Thrushbeard. Then they passed through a great city, and she asked again, Who is the master of this lovely city? It belongs to King Thrushbeard. Had you taken him, it would have been yours. Oh, woe me, poor maiden, that's my mead, had I but taken King Thrushbeard. I am not at all pleased, said the fiddler, to hear you always wishing you had married another. Am I not good enough for you? At length they came to quite a tiny little hut, and she said, Oh, good heavens, how very small the house is. To whom may this miserable hovel belong? The fiddler answered, This is my house and yours, where we will live. She had to stoop to get through the low door. Where are the servants, said the king's daughter. What servants, answered the beggar. Whatever you want done, you will have to do yourself. Make the fire at once and put on some water, that you can cook me a meal. I am exhausted. But the king's daughter knew nothing about fire making and cooking, and the beggar had to lend a hand to get all the things done. When they had consumed the scanty meal, they went to bed. The next morning, he made her get up very early to start housekeeping for them both. For a few days, they lived in this way, but they had soon eaten up all the food. Then the man said, Wife, it can't go on like this, eating and drinking and earning nothing. You must weave baskets. He went out, cut some willows, and brought them home. And she began to weave, but the rough willows pricked her delicate hands and made them sore. I can see this won't do, said the man. You had better spin. Perhaps you can manage that better. She sat down and tried to spin, but the hard thread soon cut into her soft fingers so that blood ran down them. See, said the man, you are really unfit for any work. A bad bargain I've made in marrying you. Now I will try and start a business in pots and earthenware, and you shall sit in the market and offer them for sale. Alas, she thought, if people from my father's kingdom come to the market and see me sitting there and offering things for sale, how they will laugh at me. But complaining availed her nothing. She had to obey unless they were to die of hunger. The first time she did well, for people were glad to buy the woman's wares because of her good looks. They paid the price she asked indeed. Many gave her the money and left the pots with her into the bargain. The two lived on what she earned as long as it lasted. Then the man bought a new lot of wares. With these, she sat down at the corner of the marketplace, displayed them all around and offered them up for sale. Then, all of a sudden, a drunken man came racing up and rode into the pot so that everything was smashed to pieces. She burst into tears and in her anguish did not know what to do. Alas, what will become of me, she cried. What will my husband say to this? She ran home and told him of her misfortune. What an idea to sit at the corner of the marketplace with earthenware crockery, said the man. Just stop that weeping. I can see now that you are of no good for any proper work. So I have been to the king's palace and asked if they couldn't do with a kitchen maid. They promised me to take you on. In return, you shall get your food for nothing. So the king's daughter became a kitchen maid and was at the cook's beck and call and did the dirty work. In each of her pockets, she hung a little jar and in it brought home what she could get of the leftovers. And they lived on that. It happened that the wedding of the king's eldest son was to soon be celebrated. So the wretched woman went upstairs and stood by the door of the hall to watch the proceedings. When the lights were lit and people were entering, each more finely dressed than the other, she thought with a sore heart of her own fate. 
and cursed the pride and arrogance that had brought her so low and plunged her into such misery. Delicious dishes were being brought in and out from these, and the smell rose up to her, making her mouth water. Now and again, the servants threw her a few morsels. She put them in her little jars to take home. All of a sudden, the king's son entered, clad in velvet and silk and with a gold chain about his neck. When he saw the beautiful woman standing by the door, he seized her by the hand and wanted to dance with her. But she was panic-stricken and refused, for she saw that it was King Thrushbeard who had wooed her and whom she had scornfully rejected. Her struggling was of no avail, and he drew her into the hall. Then the strings by which the jars were hanging snapped. The jars fell out, and scraps of food were scattered all over the floor. When the people saw this, they laughed and mocked her, and she wished herself a thousand fathoms under the earth. She ran back to the door, but a man caught up to her on the stairs and brought her back. She looked at him and saw it was King Thrushbeard again. He said to her kindly, Be not afraid. I and the minstrel with whom you have been living with in that miserable hovel are one. For my love for you, I disguised myself. I too am also the bumbler who rode through your crockery. All this was done to humble your proud spirit and punish you for the arrogance with which you made fun of me. Then she cried bitterly, saying, I did great wrong, and I am not worthy to be your wife. But he said, Take comfort. The evil days are over. Now we will celebrate our wedding. Then the ladies-in-waiting came and dressed her in resplendent robes, and her own father and his whole court came and wished her much happiness on her marriage to King Thrushbeard. Thus... Joy and happiness reigned, and I wished you and I had been there, too.